Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Um, Gary, I think if we were to name this show, you you know, you named the last one. I'm going to name this one. I'm going to call it The Great Reset. What do you think about that? Hmm. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Hopefully it's more successful than all the ones politicians come up with, but we'll, uh, we'll definitely move forward with that. I think that's a good one. Um, before we really get into this show, Jim, the first thing I wanted to talk about is social media. And I'm not going to get into like which ones are good and which ones are bad and which ones you should follow and where to, where to follow us and all that. Where to follow us is right here. I mean, Follow this show. We have way more listeners, and I mean like mostly on the audio side, that than Jim and I have followers put together. So most of you are finding the show one way or another. We're going to keep promoting it and everything on any existing platform. But you guys know where to find this. Anywhere that you find podcasts, you're going to find it. Anywhere that you, you know, check out videos on YouTube, you're going to find it. Subscribe to this channel. Subscribe to the show. Don't rely on social media because they love to change the games on us all the time anyway. As far as like how, how often this stuff gets pushed out and, and how often people are allowed to see your stuff, which is just ridiculous. Don't rely yeah. on it. No, just, just follow the show and take out the middleman. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Cut out the middleman. Like, um, you know, we, we're we here. We're consistent. Um, you can find us very easily. You can get updates, notifications, all that good stuff. Hey, if Twitter goes away, so be it. Yeah. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll make it work. <laughs> the only reason it hasn't gone away is because so many people have built their entire lives about being Twitter famous. And they don't want to go and do it again, Jim, somewhere else. And it, I just don't want to invest any more time in, in dealing with social media. I'd rather just post th- things up there. And it, yeah. <laughs> and if people read it, they read it. If they don't, they don't. I, I could care less. But the show isn't going anywhere. And, and really, what I want to do is just make sure we're not giving any power, really, to these social media companies to determine whether you see the show or not. You have that power. Subscribe and like and follow it, and you don't have to worry about it ever again. No matter when we're on, no matter when we change our schedule to, you're going to know. That's right. Yeah. That's all there is to it. It's an Elon-free show. Yes. Yes. And, you know, having met the guy, really and truly, he's not a bad guy. He's just crazy. (laughs) <laughs> that's all there is to it he's just an eccentric and, and some, i don't really know what to make of it some rich guys that are crazy uh you know ruin apps and some go on submersibles down to the ocean floor you know so hey these are words and both of them are equally bad you know outcomes <laughs> at times but let's um let's focus on the all-star game a little bit i think uh it's all-star week We'll be we'll be coming up on that game real shortly here. I I guess I'm I'm really excited for Mitch Keller. I think he's earned it. I think it's a win for the team, developmentally speaking, to finally have turned him into something and get there. Um 
David Bednar, I think he got overlooked because he just wasn't used enough. And then he ended up getting the selection anyway, which I think we kind of thought was going to happen anyway, Jim. Yeah. Um, that's really it. I, you could make a push for, for McCutcheon, I suppose, but I don't know that I, I don't know that I see him as an all-star this year. He's playing well, but as a DH, I don't know. And Jack Sawinski, I suppose you could, but that's just a lot of home runs. I'm not a hundred percent sure that he's played all-star level baseball so far. Good. Very good. Promising, exciting, but I don't know that I'd go all-star quite yet. What about you? Well, there would have been plenty of years as pirate fans where we probably would be talking about Kutch that got the nod. I mean, cause you have to have a representative, right? Or you've got, the Kutch situation, Jack, even maybe. I mean, we've seen some some really uh, interesting names be called for Pirates fans for all-star selections. So, I mean, that's a good sign, you know, that, that we don't have to resort to that. I will say this. The first thing I thought about with uh, McCutcheon, it would have been a nice thing to see. Probably, you know, it probably would have been more of like a career nod than his actual numbers overall. He's yeah. – a really good ambassador for the game. But I think this break, he's he's been struggling. I think the break's good. He's banged up. That elbow's not right. I was actually going to tweet that right before, like just saying like the break will be good for him. Yeah. Right before he took, took you know, hit the deck and, 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 and hurt his elbow again. So I'm glad for him. I think, I think he probably, those guys, Santana, Kutch, all those guys, yeah. Get them the break. It's 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 important. I think for for all the people saying, you know, what are we going to do with G Man Choi when he comes back, or, and or suggesting that maybe he shouldn't come back. I think Carlos Santana and Andrew McCutcheon are the reason why he needs to come back. Um, they they need breaks more often than they're getting, and no matter what you think of G Man Choi, he's a pretty proven major league bat and and i think they need that they need that experience when they call a lefty off the bench it needs to be somebody that you're reasonably assured can get their bat on the ball right he is that guy so yeah you you've got and we're going to talk about a lot of this but you know when you're depending on the marcanos of the world to do it right. um coming in off the bench and pinching even, even somebody who's been successful at it jim like palacios he's been a great pinch hitter right but there's the national league but there's a there's a difference and you know what i i don't know what choice is going to be when he comes back i wouldn't expect the world but anything that he gives them plus the rest that he will give to the Santanas of the world and the McCutcheons of the world. That's really important. If you don't want to see those guys die a slow death as this season wears on or just stink. I mean, I would say like when you, when you talk about like them not needing rest, I, I see that a lot, you know, other professionals, they should play every day. <laughs> you know, first of all, the game just straight up, has changed. I mean, I wish that a lot of you could just embrace it. It's changed. That rest is now a thing. There will never be a Cal Ripken. Nobody will ever threaten that record. Nobody will even sniff half that record ever again. It just isn't in the cards. 
just like hockey, we'll never see another Phil Kessel. There will never be somebody that just plays every single game like that. It's just not there anymore. Professional athletes are not treated the same way they used to be. So first of all, embrace it. But second, look at what a guy like Santana comes out of a day off in the, in the middle of a stretch looking like. Yeah. When you give him a day off, he's a whole new player. Yeah. And especially in today's game, Gary, where, you know, starters are, are, are pumping up a hundred, one one things like that. Like you get in your mid to late thirties. That's tough catching up to that all the time. And that is what right. these guys today have to face. And so, you know, it doesn't take much to be just a little bit late on those fastballs. And then all of a sudden you're trying to compensate for that. And then it can lead to other things with, with uh, you know, what you're, what you're doing as far as chasing pitches or, or you know, trying to compensate. So I, I think it's hugely important. People get very caught up in the, in, in the is G-Man Choi very good? I don't know. Probably not great, but he can at least provide you a competent major league at bat. I think that's what we need to look for. So that's kind of what the show is going to be about. We're going to talk the all-star game a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the players that are coming back from injury and who's going to go for them. We're going to talk a little bit about, hey, where do we place on certain metrics in the league now that we're getting close to the all-star break? It's time to really see, like, Okay, the record's better, but is the team really performing any better? Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. So we're back, everybody, and welcome, and thank you for joining us today. I'm going to start with a comment from my buddy JR here. You always want more hometown guys in, but the right two guys got the pick. They deserve to be there. Totally agree, Jim. I think that's what we talked about first. We think those two are the picks, right? What's yeah. your case for Jack Sawinski if you were going to make one? Um, It's interesting. You know, it's – let me – I'll tell you. I'll tell you how I'm going to tie this in because I was. I didn't know if we would get this today. But I'm going to tell you how I'm going to tie this in. If you watch the game, uh, the third game uh, against the Dodgers, and Jack, yes, he struck. He struck out to end the game. But here, Gary, here's what I found really interesting about that is, if people don't view Jack as somebody who's really dangerous right now then you didn't see that at bat and what that pitcher was willing to do with a three, two count up by two. They were up by two runs. I'll only throw in the caveat that I don't know that he could put it where he wanted to at all in that inning, but I hear you. 
Right. But they were the reverence they showed Jack Swinski in that about he was not going to throw him a fastball at the end of that game. Now, Jack thought he was going to get one and he didn't and he guessed wrong. And it was a it was a poor choice. But the point I want to make is that's the reverence that they're giving Jack Swinski, other pitchers, other catchers, other teams. They threw they were willing to walk him there. They were they were they were not going to throw him a fastball. So they were going to make it a one run game and take their they, chances with the. They next were going to take it with Gonzalez. Yeah. And what I will say is, when you start having other teams treat guys that way, that starts to tell you how he's being viewed. And so maybe that would be my biggest case. Instead of diving into all the numbers and you know um, yeah. good and bad like that, to me. Boy, that struck me last night. I know. I I know when I when you when we started doing this, you know, this show, we've gained a little bit of prominence. And you start like talking to a lot of people from other markets. They reach out to you, like wanting you to be on the show. I think you were on a show in Boston. I've been on one there as well. I've been on one for the Cubs and one for the Brewers. I mean, you start talking to people, and the first guy that they want to talk about. Now that O'Neill Cruz isn't here, is Jack Sawinski. I mean, it's the first name that comes off their tongues. It's like, what what about Jack Sawinski? Man, he's hitting some bombs. You know, however many he's got at the time, they they bring it up like in kind of in awe. I always almost have to push back on them. I find like, ah, you know, you you're not watching him every day. He struggles a little bit, and eh, throw a lefty against him, you're he's not going to do a lot of damage and you know, he might walk, but that's kind of the biggest threat right now when, when you're left-handed or mm-hmm. he goes into these deep, long, dark holes of, you know, of slumps and where he's just non-existent for weeks. And then all of a sudden he comes out of it, hits five or six, and then he's yeah. back into it a little bit. So it, he can be frustrating too. You know, I have to push back on them a little bit, almost like I'm downplaying what he's done. But when I really sit back and look, Jim, it, this is kind of epic what he's doing. 37 home runs in less than what you would consider to be a major league season. Yeah. I just can't find a way to be negative about that. Do I think that means he doesn't need any more work? No, but (laughs) I'm going to be happy that I've got a guy on my team that is capable of hitting 40 home runs in a season. Yeah. Well, to be honest, pirate fans really have looked, these types of guys are around baseball. Pirate fans haven't had, whether you're on, however you want to term it, the luxury or the misfortune, however you view him, as is these guys are now seen as very valuable. Here, read this brilliant comment from Douglas Ford and see if it helps. Remember when we were still good and went to Tampa and the Rays pitched Jack like he was Aaron Judge? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what happened to him last. That's what happened to him in that third game against the Dodgers, too. So right. I just like this is new for Pirates fans. Other teams have had to see these types of guys and deal with it. These guys are still valuable. Do, do I love the Kyle Schwarbers of the world? And that, no, not necessarily. It's not exactly how I envision baseball, um, uh, you know, uh, transforming over the years. But there's just some there's just his on base percentage is really good. His chase rate is the lowest in baseball. I mean, these are things that like for a young guy that's twenty four, he's made the jump from 
double uh, A to the majors. Man, those are encouraging signs. Will he ever be complete? Complete? Maybe not. But he okay. he, he might be though. And and for what baseball is turning into, I was just picturing last night. You know, we're watching the Dodgers, and I was thinking to myself, boy. Jack Sawinski is exactly the type of player they want. Mm-hmm. Walks all the time, hits home runs when he doesn't. I mean, that's exactly what the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees are running offensively. Yeah. That's what they want. Like you look at the leaderboards for, for something like walks. You got the Dodgers up at the top at 354. That, that's their number two behind the the Padres, believe it or not. Pirates are all the way up at number six with 304. The Yankees, a little bit less than that. They're all the way down at 23 with only like 268. But when you just break it down to like on base percentage and and you kind of figure out where people are, the Pirates, because their batting average is so bad, fall all the way down to number 18. The Dodgers stay up. At three, at uh, three twenty nine, and they're in seventh, and the Yankees are still down at the bottom around three oh one, twenty sixth. The big difference that home run number, Jim. Yeah, that's where the runs come from with all those walks. All those walks don't matter unless you're hitting the jacks, right? So when you turn over to home runs, the Dodgers are sitting at number two with one hundred and thirty seven. And then the Yankees, number five, 124. And there's your Pirates, 25th with 80. It's clear what they're trying to do. They want to run an offense that their personnel does not allow. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Really? They have one player that can, that can execute their system. And half the fan base hates them because they don't understand what they're watching. Yeah, uh, it's what they are trying to do. They are trying to execute something that right now they don't have the personnel to do. Um, They may never have the personnel to do it, though. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. They might not. Um, I think they view maybe Cruz and Gonzalez and those types in those same lights, maybe just a little bit more better all around talent wise. But I think that I, I think it's clear, like if you're hoping that baseball reverts back to what maybe we grew up watching, I think you're seeing that that's not likely. And it's certainly not their intention right now. And, and part of me thinks maybe it is, Rob Manfred's intention though. And, and I think that we will see the game shift a little bit over, over, over time here, but they're certainly trying to get people trained to like see OPS as the new main figure. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're starting to see that on the national broadcast. OPS is up front. We're not going to talk average as much. We're going to talk OPS. We're going to talk on base percentage. We're going to talk exit velocity, you know, hard hit rate, barrels, you know, you're hearing barrels an awful lot lately. I I get all that. They're trying to change your perception of what is good and bad by just like taking your attention away from 
what you've always paid attention to. And no offense to everybody here. Jim and I are, are included in this. We're old school too, you know, 45-ish up. You know, the people that are going to hold on to, to batting average and say that you stink if you're not hitting 280 are, are going to just fall off, you know, and their yeah. importance falls off every day. It's the way it is. The game is just not viewed the same way that it used to be. I, I wish it would be. I think Luis Arias and what he's doing in Miami, like pushing for hitting 400 this year, it's awesome. But when you start talking about who's the best player in the game, you'll get two pages deep before somebody mentions Luis Arias. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it, like, do I like seeing lineups where, you know, you're seeing two, three guys in the lineup when they post it and you're sitting at the game and someone's at 207 and 213 and 219? No, I don't. And that will probably never fully go away. But the teams just don't care about it like they used to. They just don't. They don't measure. They're not measuring things in productivity terms from what your batting average is. No, they are not. So, I don't know, Jim. I think I think all in all, I was a little bit shocked to see a few places where the Pirates were stacking up. Like, they're OPS. They're 22nd in the league, and it's over 712. I didn't expect it to be above. 700 I just the, from what I've yeah, watched as, as you say that I didn't know that that's what it was so. I thought it's been pretty bad but as a team their their OPS is 712 and they're in 22nd place and some of the what teams is, behind them it's kind of shocking I was, you know? was going to say like what is who's right in the middle you have the list right there who's like yeah right in the middle 16th? the Padres are like 725 okay uh the Giants 730. Like leading the league is 842. The Braves are leading the league in just about every offensive category, period. Yeah. They're easily the best team in the league, it looks like, at least on paper. Um, Texas Rangers are right there at 800. Everybody else is below 800. And I think, you know, for a team, that's pretty crazy to get up to that kind of figure to begin with. You know, you, you think about, that's why I was so shocked to see the Pirates above 700. I don't feel like I've been watching an above 700 OPS offensive team. No, and you've got, and you've got, now I don't know, how, you know, obviously one guy, what's he going to make a difference is, but you take O'Neill Cruz out of that mix. And sure. um, that, that, that number would even look a tiny bit better. I, you know, I think if they can get somewhere in the middle of, of, of the pack, that's, that's something you can work with. I think that that's totally reasonable for what they, what they want to do now, other than that, I don't know that they have the personnel to, to, to be much more than that. I mean, let's see what Randy has to say here. Randy Wagner says my problem. We have too much talent, Randy. That's not a problem ever, Um, but we're lacking pitching. I don't want to lose future because we misevaluate our, our future prospects and they move on. Yeah. I mean, that's always going to be a concern. Um, like Castro and Marcano are, are two guys that are probably going to get squeezed out, Jim. I mean, if you really start thinking about what's coming back, you have players like G-Man Choi, you have Cabrian Hayes. They're going to have to make some decisions, and they're not going to be easy. 
one of them's caster is the only easy choice, right? He's he's really really hitting terribly. He could probably use a triple A reset to kind of like like we said, remember that he's good at baseball, but maybe it's time to like just decide he's a right-handed hitter. Get it get it going in triple A and see how it goes. Maybe he takes off. I I think it's time for him. I feel bad for him a little bit because of how he's been used. And um, I don't know that a lot of guys are going to thrive in that situation, but you know, he's been given some opportunities even left-handed lately. And he's just, he's just not even touching the baseball. So, and now, and now on the right-handed side, I don't know if it's trickled over and it's just a confidence thing or he just doesn't, feel in sync, but he's not really even doing any damage right-handed now. So, um, yeah, I think he's somebody that you've got to kind of move back down and try to regain and reclaim some of that confidence Yeah, and, and, would, and strike the left and scrap the lefty thing. But I think after him, you're out of easy decisions. Like, let's say Hayes comes back. It's a really easy decision for me to go ahead and send Castro now. Then you got G-Man Choi. Well, there's no direct replacement there, right? Who do you go with? You know, do you go with Palacios? Again, he's been doing good, but he's only hitting like 240. It's not like he's killing the league or anything. He's just doing relatively good for a guy we expected nothing from. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we should feel married to him. Tucapito Marcano, I know you both you and I both kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for it, but with Nick Gonzalez and Jared Triolo here, yeah, I don't know. And you, you want to have three middle infielders though. So somebody has got to stay right. Like you're going to have to keep one of them. So that leads me to Palacios or is Connor Joe maybe in danger? I, I think Connor Joe's safe. I, I really do. I think he's too good of a pro at this point to take him off of a roster. Now people are going to say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is, you know, he can go in and, and not embarrass himself. He can hit left-handed pitching. Um, and he's not awful against righties. Um, right. So I, I would just, I, I, I would think that like, in worst, worst case scenarios, he can play a little first base if you need him to. I don't see, I don't see Connor Joe. I, me personally, I don't see Connor Joe as being a guy that's in jeopardy. I I don't know how anybody that isn't a nailed on starter isn't in jeopardy when you have prospects pushing down the door. I, I we didn't even talk about Endy coming up. That will happen. And yes, we think that's going to be Jason Delay. But there's another guy who can play first base. Another reason Connor Joe might not might be expendable. Henry Davis is going to start. We already talked about why Jack Sawinski has to start. Brian Reynolds has to start. The outfield's full. There aren't bats just hanging around for for Connor Joe. He's going to get pinch hit. He's going to sub in. He's going to get yeah, the and, game and, here and there. Right, and that's what I, that's what I think you he ideally is probably suited for. And, and the other side of that, though, the reason that I kind of, I, I make it a toss up between Palacios and Joe. For one thing, Palacios has been good at pinch hitting. It's a skill set. And from the left side, 
believe it or not, they might actually be getting kind of short if we start making all these cuts because Nick, Nick Gonzalez and Henry Davis changed the handedness of this team. Yeah. So you may want to lean Palacios. I'm only saying th- this as like, nothing should be off the table when you start talking about these, these changes that are going to come because there aren't a whole lot of sacred cows on this team. No, no. And I don't, and, and, and we haven't even talked about G1 Bay even, you know, yeah, he either. hurt his ankle. I think he'll probably stay in triple a. Yeah. Once but, you know, I think so too. Um, I think, the, the interesting thing about a guy like Palacios is, is he certainly has, I give him credit. He certainly tried to carve out a role for himself. Um, you know, now when he starts getting exposed is when he, you know, he can't be batting lead off and he can't be starting. That's not what we want out of a guy like that. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of decisions coming here shortly. And I agree with you. No one is safe. If you're on all. the roster, though, starting is going to happen on occasion. You know that. Sure. So I don't want to get, I don't want to get all bent out of shape because he gets a start and leads off every once in a while. It makes sense to have him lead off. He takes a good at bat, and they don't have anybody really from the left side if, unless they're going to go with Marcano. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm okay with that. As okay with that as anything else. It's not like Kutch is hitting right now. So for leadoff, I guess I don't worry too much about about him being there. And I, I think he has shown that he can survive sitting on the bench. That's something that I just think is very valuable for this team. You, you don't want that to be Kanan Smith and Jigby. Don't want that to be Cal no. Mitchell. Don't want that to be Travis Swaggerty. You want that to be somebody that you kind of don't care about, you know? You're not trying to develop them. You're just trying to have them be there and be able to fill in and be okay and right. semi-competent. If something They're catastrophic tough. happened, you'd call somebody else up. They're tough jobs to fill, first mm-hmm. and foremost. It's, a, it's one of the hard – I think it's one of the hardest things to do is is be a bench guy and be a pinch hitter. And, we saw the um, Cubs actually extend David Bodie just because he was good at being a bench guy. Yeah. I mean, like uh, they ultimately regretted the decision, but you know, that's why they signed him because he was okay on the bench and you know, he took, he took a sweetheart deal. Now, Randy is asking, uh, see, I'm loving Triolo. He's another talent. Yeah, Let's let's talk about Triolo a little bit. Let's talk about him. He's a good player. I like what I've seen so far. I, I liked him before. You you remember me babbling in yeah. spring training that there was a shot he c- could make it out before he busted his hamate bone. But um, I thought that because they didn't have a true shortstop back backup, I had no idea how prescient that would be that they would need one <laughs> that badly. Right. Right. But uh, Jared Triolo can handle a lot of positions. And when I say handle, I mean, like, he'll look like he's played there for a very long time. Mm-hmm. May not be a gold glover everywhere, but he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I love having somebody like that. So Josh Harrison with more defensive acumen. 
I, you know, you watch maybe a little but, less pop. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It, look, um, I will say this. Here's where I am with Triola. I think he should stay. So don't 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 twist what I'm saying, or mis- I don't want anybody mistaking that. I think he should stay. I think he's I think he's valuable. Defensively, he's he's exceeded even what I had expected. You know, do I see him offensively ever being anything other than? Um, hopefully right around average, probably not, but that's okay for what they want out of him. I think he and Triolo or he and Hayes are frighteningly similar players. I think they have the same offensive profile. Really? They both can get you some doubles. They both mm-hmm. are, are fast. They can steal bases. They can run the base as well. Play good defense. Not going to hit a ton of home runs. You're just no. not going to get that production out of them. Um, we should clarify, though. Hayes is superior defensively. He really is. Wow. I know, I know uh, it doesn't yes. look that way, though. When you're watching just on TV, you just watch a general play and, and he makes a really great play and, and gets an out and you go, Oh, okay. He's just as good as Hayes. There are things he can do just as good as Hayes, but Hayes is otherworldly on things that you would never notice. Like the other day, the other day in the yeah. game against L, um, LA Jared backed up on a ball to get a better hop. And he caught the ball, threw it across the diamond, didn't have time to get the out. The difference there is not that he got glove on ball and didn't have time to make the throw and Hayes would have. The difference is Hayes would have known backing up on that ball was an automatic single to that guy. And he would have charged it knowing it was going to be a single if he. Yeah, I remember the play. Yeah. It's that's the difference. It's it's all cerebral. And I'm not even saying Jared can't get there. But Hayes is right now. So I don't like the commentaries I keep seeing about like, well, we don't need Hayes because Triella is so much better. Ugh, I don't know about that. I think you can, there's room for both of them. I think it's great to have people in the system that can play positions. And I got to be honest with you, the Pirates have, they're spoiled at third base because uh, Brannigan's good too. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's looked really good actually. Yeah. So, you, you know, um, There'll be. I want to see how Triolo hits, but you're right, Gary. Anybody that anybody want that wants to start sniffing around the whole Triolo is comparable or close to comparable as Hayes. It's that's just not accurate. I, I mean, um, and and Triolo is very good. He may very well at some point make Cabrian Hayes expendable. You know. Or he may himself become, you know, somebody that you could trade for for something that you need. But I just don't think when you get a good player, it automatically means you got to ship out another good player unless you've got a lineup so stacked that <laughs> that you can really just go, yeah, yeah. yeah we don't we don't now, need that. That's crazy. Now the interesting thing would be down the road is if Triolo started and had to play and he could hover around upper 700s OPS ish area 
and give you really good defense. You see where I'm going with this. I'm, I see I where you're going. I don't. With it, but I, I don't I, think that's going to be a thing we have to worry about. But um, yeah, the thought thought had crossed my mind. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think Hayes has the same capability. the 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 big difference there might be that Triolo has he he potentially could have a healthier major league career. But he's had injuries in the minors too. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is not like, it's so frightening if you put them side by side, how almost exact they are. What's I, a I shame just, about it is Triola is actually a big guy. You would, you, would, you would think that there might be a little bit more, um, how run power yeah. in that body of his. He's six Well, his, his stance doesn't. No, no, no. They they have totally decided that he's not that he's not that kind of hitter. You yeah. can see it. Like, like it's funny. I was watching Triolo bat, and I was watching Mookie Betts bat, and they actually start out in the same position, hands, everything. But Triolo stays in that position even when the pitch comes. Mookie Betts turns into a different guy with his hands when the pitch starts coming in. Right. So, yeah, they've, they've made that decision for Triolo and have, have obviously said this is going to be the best way forward for him. So Matthew Bunk here says, can Jared play first base in the future? Jared can play any position that you pick on the diamond aside from catcher or pitcher. And I bet he could pitch in a pinch. <laughs> he's uh, he he's very defensively talented. Yeah, yeah. He really like is. he could he could play first. Matter of fact, I think they had him at first in the minor. He has played he first base. Up. He has played second base. He's played shortstop. He's played center field. He's played third base. He can play yeah. the corner outfields. Biggest there thing really about isn't one you're going to put him at. Right. Biggest thing about guys when you move them is it's actually just learning what to do at the position, uh, your responsibilities, and knowing all those because, you know, those change, obviously, from everywhere you're at, and there's a yeah. lot. And especially at first base, you got a lot to do other than just stand there and catch a ball. I so love the comment the- Henry Davis had about Jared Triola last week. Somebody what asked is- him, like, uh, what do you, what's it like having Jared Triola up here as a major leaguer with you? And Henry just said, Jared's been a major leaguer since I met him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, same. That's just the way it is. Henry. It's just the way it is. I mean, the, the guy, he's the captain of the defense and he has been for a while. So I, I, I have n- no doubt that he can come up here and fill a role and continue to hold a role. Mm-hmm. But for a while, Jim, you know, as you start to return these veterans, I don't know that he's going to feel like he's on solid ground all year, really. I mean, I have to feel like he he probably is going to be like close all year. Let's say Pagaro keeps hitting the way he is. Right. They're going to have to give Pagaro a shot at some point, and that's going to eat his time. O'Neill Cruz is going to come back at some point. That's going to take time from somebody like Jared Triolo, should Hayes happen to stay healthy, which is a big if. Um, I don't know, man. His saving grace is the fact that, like, 
he truly is a good third baseman. You know, uh, very, very good. And so whenever you take Hayes out of that equation, you're, you're, you're kind of um, patching things with guys that maybe shouldn't play there. And so that's the only thing that helps him out quite a bit. And then you add his positional versatility. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, that's a nice little ace to have up your sleeve if you're that player. Well, you throw like what, what Matthew asked us about, can he play first base into that mix? And again, I think you, you're going to run into, you got to have power at the corner positions. And, and I think that's a conversation that you're going to have. And if you're not going to have it at third, you damn well better have it at first mm-hmm. and vice versa. So there's going to be some, some issues like that. But, but I think Jared Trill is a guy that y- you would love to be able to put in to games three, four times a week. Yeah. And there's, you know, Gary, yeah. Just have him play shortstop, second base outfield, whatever you need him to do, Mm -hmm. take a nice pinch hit off the bat. You know, there, there's a lot of things that a guy like that can do, but Jim, we need to take another break. And when we come back, I think we need to talk about potentially what the pirates do to clear up some space because Think the conversations we're having right now, even just about working back into injured veterans, I, I think it's going to get hairy quick. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. If you haven't already done so, smash the subscribe button and all that jazz. We got a couple people in the chat here asking about Connor Joe. Do you consider trading Connor Joe at the, at the deadline? Asked Pittsburgh Sports all the time. And Randy Wagner is back asking the same thing. Connor Joe had the right idea in the ninth last night. Never mind that he did. He kind of had the right idea, but it didn't work out. So what do you do with Connor Joe? Because he's been a good piece, I think, Jim. Um, I think he's got a ceiling, and I think he's relatively close to it. Um, He's got a few years of control left. I like the versatility. I like a lot of different places you can put him, and he does take a good at bat. And he's generally a good guy and likes Pittsburgh. And, and I think the fan base accepted him pretty early on. Yeah. Um, that said, we start talking about these call-ups, man, like Pagaro, Endy. I'm not even 100% sure we're going to get through the season without seeing someone else like a Travis Swaggerty. Or you might even get into like Matt Gorski territory if he continues to tear it up. It's... It's going to get funny 
have yeah, a guy like that around. Yeah, and, and the the problem with it is is like, you know, is there a team down the stretch that might be looking for a nice little bench piece that can hit left-handed pitching really well? And yeah, yeah, there is. But do yeah. you know what you're going to get for that? Well, do you know where they're going to go for it? They're going to go to the Mets and, and take um, <laughs> take. A, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's he's been to Korea and back a couple times and whatnot. What's his name? Boy, that's escaping me right now. Oh no! Here I thought you nuts. here here I thought you were going Daniel Vogelbach on me before you mentioned Korea. I thought like <laughs> that, that's that's a really tough that's a tough thing to duplicate as far as getting a guy back. Maybe you could get a, a real Tommy fam. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that's the guy that's going to be on the block that everybody's going to want. They're not going to mm-hmm. go out and get somebody that's like maybe league average OPS at best. I just and don't if see you, And if someone did, what would you get for that? I, you know, a single a pitcher. It feels I'm, more like an off season move, you know, yeah. part of a deal. That's why I don't, that's why I don't. No, I was just gonna say like that's why I don't expect a lot of movement. If the Pirates make any moves at the deadline, I I I think you would have to see them maybe move somebody in the minors more than you would at the major league level because I just don't see how it. What's the return? You I can know? see them moving one of Santana and Choi, if only because I think having both of them is probably a luxury that they won't really need the whole year. You know, I think if they can get into like, you know, the end of this month and Choi has given a sufficient break to Santana and Kutch or vice versa, I think they'll be able to move on from one of them. And they have enough other guys that can play first base that it'll be okay. Yeah. So I could see that. I think their injuries and poor performance from guys like Ortiz and Contreras is probably going to lead them to not be able to move Rich Hill. And I kind of mean like whether they're in it or out of it, because I just don't know where they get even semi-competent starting pitching from if they do something like that. Well, I, I, I just don't see like you can't, you can't just take away all your starting pitching for half a season and, what are you going to do? Like you don't have the guys that are necessarily yeah. ready in the minors. You don't want to kill your bullpen again. I mean, like you have to like keep somebody right. Like, you, you yeah. know, in the Rowanzi thing and the Ortiz thing, and then, you know, the Burroughs thing at the beginning of the year and JT Brubaker, that's man. That's, that's a lot of innings, Gary. Like, a lot. Yeah, and Vince, Vince, Velasquez, and Vince, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been so many now, for one reason or other, or the other that you can like. I just did. I forgot about yeah Vince Velasquez. I mean, so let's be real. We we have right now. We got Rich Hill. You got. Um, let's talk starting rotation mainly. Let's keep it away from bullpen right now. Starting rotation: Rich Hill, Mitch Keller, and Oviedo. Oviedo has had some ups and downs, but Oviedo is the dude. I mean, like, I think he is somebody that he's the best of what they have youth-wise, I think, right now. And he's shown enough upside that I'm going to stick with him and let him just muscle through this season. I'm I'm totally 
totally comfortable with that. I think if they could get him settled down earlier in games, obviously that would create a lot less uh, uneasiness from people. And maybe that's fixable. I I think it is. And And I think he's a guy that he's worth the trial and error. And I think even if it looks bad at times, he's a guy I'm going to stick with. Now you've got Ortiz and Contreras. I just because like I think one is in the minors and one should be soon. I, it doesn't mean that I'm washing my hands of them and I think they can't ever be starters again. I, I think Ortiz has some very definable things to work on. I think he's closer to returning than Contreras is to, to returning to that rotation, to be honest with you. I would agree with that. Ortiz, for one thing, when he lost velocity, he didn't lose all of his velocity. He just lost some of it. And he did pick up control for it. He just didn't pick up enough. you know. And, yeah. and even if he did, control and command aren't necessarily the same thing. And I think he, he's just not commanding his stuff quite the way he should. He got by with stuff, and nobody knew him, and nobody knew what to look for last year. Now they know what to look for a little bit. And, and I think the league is pushed back. This is a great time for him to go back down, work on some stuff. I think he'll be back relatively soon. Osvaldo Beto is not an answer. He's done admirable work. I'm proud of him. Happy for him. I think he has a bullpen future. I, and he'll stick in this rotation until, you know, they don't need him to be in this rotation anymore. But yeah. Ortiz is the next guy back. After that, man, you got to wait a little bit. You've got Cam Aldred that they just brought back and they've made a starter. Jason Mackey suggested he'd probably be a, a call up soon. I tend to agree with him. Um, you got Quinn Priester. I have not seen him string two starts together yet. Very, I very just, uneven. I just yeah. don't see it. And I'm talking like stinker. Pretty good. Stinker. Pretty good. We're not talking like elite and not great. Right. We're talking barrel, bottom of the barrel, awful, and really, really good. Um, Jared Jones just got to AAA, and man, that was quick. So he's probably the one I have. The, yeah, he's probably the one I have the 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 highest hopes on, but it would be. I don't think they want to do that before September-ish, right? Right. You give him give him those looks. I think that's what they'd like to do with Priester too. Nobody's knocking. Nobody's knocking on the door, uh, like like loudly. Um, no. If if they come up, it's going to be out of necessity. Yeah. So, I guess that that kind of leads me back to Jim. If they could get one at the trade deadline, they should. Um, and I, I know you don't want to use like future assets for, for, for something temporary. And I don't even think you need to sell it as you're trying to make the playoffs. They need a competent starter. I well, wouldn't care if they went and got Lorenzen from Detroit. That's what I was going to say. Like what, 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 what I would like to see the pirates do at this point is look around, see, see, even if you have to take on some salary to do it. Yeah, and it's something that you think can help you for even next year. Do it. You're still, yeah. you're still, you've still got plenty. You're still not. You ain't blowing anybody away in payroll. So no, you should, but like you, you go get a guy like Michael Lorenzen or pick your poison. 
whoever your stooge yeah, is you out could, there. We could probably come up with four or five names of guys. Sure. I'm going to go with Michael Lorenzen because I wanted him signed in the offseason. Um, but Michael Lorenzen, you go and get him. They're not going to ask you for a top 10 prospect or something. Hmm. You're not going to have to part with somebody super important. If you really want to get deals like that done at this time of year for a team like the Pirates, you need to go in and say, like, hey, remember this Rodolfo Castro that hit some home runs off of you guys? And he's got all this power and he can play some positions that you really need filled because you've managed your team horribly. Would you like to take him off our hands? Or, hey, you guys like Tucapina Marcano in that big field? Man, he could hit some triples. You know, yeah, you like. You, you definitely have to start. Can't keep everybody. No, and you got to start making a, some decisions. Right. And you can't be afraid to make a mistake with certain guys. If, if Rodolfo Castro goes somewhere else and figures it out, good for him. And he I, might. I, I yeah, still he, think he has 20, 25 home run potential in him. He might, but he's going to have to. To, to reinvent himself a little bit. And maybe some team is willing to take a flyer on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Castro is destined for AAA. I don't know if he's destined for playing time when he gets there. Um, I, I honestly don't know what his path forward is. I mean, I wouldn't just toss him aside, but I would certainly be open to moving him if, if, if he was going to bring me back something of use. Yeah, and, and like I said, too, is just, you know, hey, teams might be looking to shed a little bit of salary. That's where you can make some headway, you know, when you when you don't necessarily have the just 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 the piece to do it. Yeah, you, you got to um, splash the pot a little bit and see what you can get back. That said, if you're going to go out there trying to grab somebody like Giolito, you got to understand that the White Sox are in a different place. They're looking for for important prospects. That's a good player. And he's going to be very highly bid for amongst playoff teams and playoff eligible teams. And you're going to pay through the nose for two months of a guy and probably not get anything out of it because you're not going to make the playoffs. You're still not going to make a deep playoff run. And he's probably not as good as he's been. This year. No, no, he hasn't been. So but those guys are still going to be like you just like you're going to be super expensive. Gonna, so for me, be. I go out and target guys like in that middle rung, like Boyd and Lorenzen and people along those lines that you can go out and maybe just snipe off someone else so they can play kids. Well, we wanted to play kids, but a lot of our kids didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, or, or or if you ID another guy out there that you think has that maybe that Oviedo profile, that that's that's somebody that I think you can go out and look for too. Yeah. You know that 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 you feel that may, maybe can return to that or 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 can be you know um um you you see where I'm going with yeah. the, with, the, with an Oviedo type. I do. Like here's uh. Randy Wagner is asking us about JT Brubaker. How's his rehab going? There will be no rehab right now. When a guy goes and has Tommy John surgery, there's different levels to it. First of all, sometimes it's a complete surgery and then you're out 18 months. Sometimes it's a partial tear and they're replacing it. And you might have 
12 to 14 months, you'll hear. You know, um, but JT had a complete surgery. So he, he is 18 months. You probably won't see him pick up a baseball on video for like a full calendar year. Mm-hmm. Um, and even his, then, his rehab is a stationary bike. Yeah, there is, there is <laughs> no, whenever guys have Tommy John, don't worry about rehab. For instance, Max Kranich had his Tommy John, I believe, in 2021. And he is right now throwing baseballs. So not in competitive games, just throwing baseballs. It's a long process. Yeah, that's why it sucked for Brubaker. You know, like there, there's never, look, there's never a good time. It's like a car accident. There's never a good time to have one. Yeah. When you're 29 ish and having that, boy, that that's that's tough, man. You're talking two years to try to get back to maybe what you were. Yeah, and that that's that's tough. I so hope all, the best for him. I just wouldn't worry about it. All in all, Jim, I think when it comes to the pitching, I come down on this, man. I don't think there is a solution internally, really, not yet. I think by the end of the year, we could really like how the rotation is shaping up with youngsters, and we can be looking forward to next year when they'll hopefully augment it in free agency, which they'll have to do. But I don't see anybody from the minors coming up here and changing what's going on. If you really want to be hopeful about internally being, you know, this, this solving itself, this is really simple. Ortiz and Contreras need to. B or yeah, T's the, and Contreras. That if you're looking elsewhere right now, at least one of them have to regain their form. They, yes. they just have to. And then you need one of Priester or Jones to step up. And then you need Rich Hill to do something he hasn't done in probably a decade, which is stay healthy all year. Yeah. I'm shocked he hasn't got on the IL yet. Shocked. I really mean that. And I'm not just making an old guy joke either because he's younger than me. So that pup should be out there. But I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, trust me, they're going to try to get it out of him. They, they, they need it. But, yeah, I mean, 43 years old, he's had blister problems in the past, even just right. something as simple as that. Um, they're, they're one more, <laughs> Gary, they're one more pitching, starting pitching injury away from really – really being in a, in a world of hurt. Well, Jim, that's why I get asked a lot. When's Quinn Priester coming up? I get asked that a lot and I would love to answer the way I truly should from just evaluating his play and whatnot. You know, my, my gut says not until September and that'll be more of a thank you for pitching all year type thing. And we know we have to protect you and get a taste. Yeah. But he may be forced into action. Like, I I think what's funny is in all these injuries, there's a lot of luck involved that it hasn't been worse. I, I already mentioned how lucky we are. We haven't lost Rich Hill. Think about how long it's been since Mitch Keller's been hurt. Aside from some very minor tired arm stuff. Uh-huh. So, I mean, like, there there's a lot there that's frightening. And, and I also think that, we were, we've been very quick to act like Ben Sherrington screwed this pitching staff up, but 
really and truly, you must look at how much they lost. It's it's ridiculous how much they've lost just just through injuries. Even the bullpen. Like, take a guy like Will Crow. Like Will Crow was expect he he led the majors in innings like last yeah. year out of the right. bullpen. They've lost that, and and maybe they were going to lose it anyway because he stunk. But he hurt his shoulder. You'll never know if they were going to turn him around, and you'll never know what he was supposed to do in that bullpen. He was probably expected to give them ninety innings. Well, and and this is what I was trying to beat into a few people's heads on Twitter, and you know how that goes when even Brew Baker went down. I've never yeah. been a big I've never been a big Brew Baker guy, Gary. You know? Oh, this. I know it. I know it. We've argued oh, about it, right? But what? But 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 you have to have the sense enough to know that like this is the end result when you start adding into that. Yep. Is now all of a sudden that same person is sitting there talking about, well, what are we going to do? We don't have any arms and what are we going to get? Well, this is dummy. This is what I was trying to tell you in the first place. No, Jim, it's just, it's just that Ben Charrington doesn't care. Yeah. Now, you know, that's why they don't have any pitching because he doesn't care and he didn't want to win this year. You know it. Well, I guess, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to go find that guy again or those couple people and, and uh, apologize. I mean, like, the pirates do a lot of things wrong. They really do. And and we, I think we, we tried to call them on it when, when they do those things wrong, when, when they make mistakes or they're lackadaisical and something, we think that they should have had some urgency <clears throat> to, we tend to try to get a little animated about it. I think I, I just had a, we just had a show a few weeks ago where I kind of went off on Andy Haynes pretty decently for 20 minutes. It's not like we don't talk bad about them. You gotta stop assigning blame on stupid things that just are not the team's fault. They were prepared this year on the mound. They had a rash of injuries. There is just nothing you can do about three guys you plan on getting starting level production out of going down to Tommy John. There's nothing you can do to prepare for that. Nothing. Yep. It sucks. And it's really okay sometimes just to just state the fact rather than getting into whether that's, it's just not, I mean, if you view that as defending, well, it's not, it, it's not the point. So right. we got to wrap this you know. up, Jim. So let's real quick touch on the draft one more time. We've, we've done our, mm-hmm. our coverage of it. Oh yeah. So I don't, I don't really care to talk long. I'm still cruise. Mm-hmm. I still think that's the way I would go. Um, I'm assuming you're still Skeens. Yeah, I am. I am. I think. I think he's that guy that, out of all of them, has that chance to be super special. Yeah. And so I'm willing. To, I'm willing. I know the risks. Trust me. I, I'm aware. I got you. But I think he's 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 got that super special thing. Wouldn't shock me at all if they ended up with Langford. To be quite honest with you, not crazy. Right. And I think so, that's where we. I think that's where we want to go with this show. The the top four on the board: Max Clark, Langford, Cruz, and Skeens. Any four of them, I can make a pretty solid argument would have been at least in consideration for number one overall last year. They're really good players. They really, really are. Pirates are going to get a good player. 
I personally think they should go with one of the college kids, specifically one of the LSU kids. But if they don't and they get one of those top four, I'm not going to be upset. I mean, I'm really not. If they want to get another high school kid and have it time up with Termar Johnson, so that there's that wave of, of, I could make an argument with that makes sense. More importantly, I'm not the one digging into their scouting reports and, and doing all the stuff they're doing. They don't save money in the draft. They spend it all. So it's they not should. about being cheap. No, they always do, Jim. Right, always. right. I'm saying, yes. It's not a should. Thing. They will do it. They will spend every fucking penny. So that's what they're going to do. The The team itself knows what they want. <laughs> like I'm okay with the top four of the board. I really am. I have a preference. I want Cruz. You have a preference. You want Skeens. Man, but I'm not going to jump off the Clemente Bridge if they pick Max Clark or Langford. It makes yeah, no it'll sense be, to be this I'm, animated about it. Yeah, right. That's the thing. Like, is I, I, I'm really interested to see what they do. Obviously, and we, and we will talk about that. You know, because it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. But this faux outrage to me when you're talking a very top heavy draft of like this is where you want to be the year you pick number one this is the exact spot you want to be in to do it and so like that's a good problem to have and yet somehow as pirate fans we can't accept we can't accept being that in that spot and maybe we're maybe we're worried about what's going to happen but like this is a good thing. They they have like four or five even really good guys that could have been number one in any other year. I totally agree with you. And then so. another thing I want to just point out: the news that comes out around draft time, it's not coming from the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, this, this stuff is like agents leaking things to see if they can position themselves in a certain way to get taken by a certain team at a certain point. It's agents trying to make sure they're going to maximize whatever pulse or, you know, slot they, they, their kid gets drafted in. It's other teams putting out propaganda to try to get teams to shy away from certain players. It's yeah, you want reporters talk to just, searching for clicks and making things up the game within the game there might be two people in the entire world that know who the pirates are picking if anybody knows right now and yes i'm serious ben charrington might not know right now Mm -hmm. not joking yeah no i i I mean that's 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 when you've got this many guys in play and i truly think they are i think a lot of these guys are in play i totally agree man it's just I, I think that the team will 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 make a, a a really good pick here, and it's going to be a really good player. If they pick one of those top four, that player will probably be the Pirates' number one prospect the day he's selected. That's how good the top of this board is. Yeah, be happy. The Pittsburgh Pirates are adding a great player. That that's the truth. Because you really don't want the situation that they had with Henry Davis. I, I mean, it, it has worked out. It appears, but like that's a lot harder to make sure you're hitting on somebody. Um, yeah. This time, with all the you know, with with the 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 ceilings of these guys, 
you're hopefully reducing some of that risk that you won't make a bad choice. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's that's that. And the all-star game, that's going to be I, fun. Yeah, but uh, it, it's going to be great to see what they do and then just sit back and watch social media. We can talk about that too because that's going to be that's going to be its own own circus. I I I can't wait for Sunday to come and go. Honestly, yeah. the draft talk it's exhausts time. me. It's I, time. I just can't deal with it. Um, so we don't really know what's happening next week because I'm going to be in San Francisco next week, and I think we said we were going to try to record Friday, but yeah, I, play it by ear. And we'll yeah. let you know. And this is where you shouldn't be following it on social media. You should just be subscribed See? and you'll find out. <laughs> See, maybe maybe we won't say. And then you'll have to find out. Something. Yeah. So, hey, um, enjoy the All-Star break. To me, it is the worst time of the year as a sports fan because everything shuts down. But have fun uh, with the all-star game. If you enjoy that sort of thing and enjoy watching Pete Alonzo win his third straight home run derby and, and no show. Hey, he's not going to pitch. I don't blame him. Yeah. I was done enough. Me neither. But yeah, it sucks not to see those types of dudes sometimes, you know, yeah, we don't I agree. see that very often. So I agree, brother. So, Hey, I'll say let's go bucks for yin's folks watching. And Ben will say it for all of yin's at home listening. Yes, you're right.